0: From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud thunder, Gary Johnston. Welcome back to episode 53 of the Cannabis Podcast. If this is your first time visiting us, well, I'm so glad you came along for the ride. I hope you're going to enjoy the cannabis information and the amazing detail provided over the next 30 minutes or so as we talk about our favorite plant, cannabis, and the effect it has on us and and why more and more people should discover this wonderful plant. In this episode, we are going to touch on a milestone that we have passed in the legal cannabis movement, a little surprising. Also, talk about how cannabis may help with your love life. We're going to touch on the latest measurement value that everybody is talking about. And we're going to look at a toker from Manitoba who is challenging the ban on growing your own cannabis, which, of course, you can't do in Manitoba, every other province, because the law was rejected in Quebec. But Manitoba, no, no, no. So we'll touch on that story. And then we're going to stop on Cultivar Corner for some delicious blue dream from Simply Bear, some true BC bud. All of that and more on episode 53 of the Cannabis Podcast. And my thanks to David Wiley and the whole crew at OkanaganZ.com for this particular story, which is really recognizing that we have passed a milestone in the legal cannabis world. The headline is Legal Cannabis Beats Illicit Pot. We are truly at a significant milestone in Canadian cannabis history. Legal cannabis surpassed the black market for the first time. Statistics Canada data shows spending on legal weeds, both medical and recreational combined, was $803 million, while spending on illicit pot was $785 million in the second quarter of 2020. Although as I read this story as a bit of a sidebar, I have to wonder, um, how exactly are we recording what is spent in the illicit pot market? Is this a new uh, record we're, we're supposed to be keeping track of? Okay, end of the sidebar. But the scales are tipping. The black market has been losing turf on multiple fronts. Fewer customers, brain drain, crackdown on unlicensed brick and mortar. Meanwhile, legal cannabis has been gaining ground. Cannabis 2.0. Innovation, legitimacy. While they're having growing pains, the quality is up and the cost is down. And that's what counts for customers. Kelowna Spirit Leaf franchise owner Tarek Shabib said the shift is a huge deal. And a bit of a sidebar again, Tarek is the guy I work for. So I admire his opinion, and I'm really glad that the Okanagan Z went to him for his response to this particular story. Tarek said the massive amount of products now available on the market is incomparable to before, and the level of innovation on the legal side is tough to compete with. From nanoemulsion being used in drinks for much faster THC delivery into the body, to state-of-the-art facilities using large-scale CO2 extraction to create potent and safe products that consumers can feel confident in using, Shabib said. It's especially true as more concentrates come onto the market, including shatter, live rosin, caviar, as well as batter and butter. Products like these are not easy to produce safely. And so our customers appreciate that when they come to our stores, they know the product they go home with is safe and has been tested and made in a facility approved by Health Canada, he said. I think it shows that the legal market has matured to a point where consumers now consider it the norm when looking to purchase cannabis products. Now, here's another interesting side of our changing times. Some of the most stubborn black market growers are being wooed to legitimacy with lower-cost micro-licenses and a one-time opportunity to bring their own cannabis genetics to legality, no questions asked. BC-based legacy grower Travis Lane is in the process of going legit. He told virtual attendees of the Growing Summit that the future of cannabis is in the legal space. Still, regulatory requirements are a major turnoff, he said. The fact of the matter is, it has been onerous to transfer from something where we didn't have a lot of rules and regulations, he said. We didn't have to do paperwork. I say this a lot, but back in the day, we didn't didn't do reporting because that was called evidence. If someone found, hey, here's your feeding schedule for your illegal drugs, then that could come back to bite you in court. Lane doesn't shy away from his past, yet he still received his security clearance after six to eight weeks. One of the messages I often put out there for fellow growers is that I support anybody who wants to stay in the illicit market, and I support anyone who wants to convert over. It's been a long fight just to get to legalization, and no one should be condemned for continuing to break the law, in my opinion. No one should go to jail for a plant. They shouldn't have their life ruined for it. And the story kind of finishes with the Okanagan Z asking the question, what do you call it? Do you call it the black market, the legacy market, the illicit market, um, in my opinion, there's another one that needs to come into that list, and that is the Gray Market. And that is a series of stores that are not provincially regulated, and certainly here in BC, but are perhaps on indigenous land and covered by different regulations. So there you go. For the first time ever at least based on the values that were attainable. And I still question how they are tracking what's being uh, bought and purchased in the illegal market. (laughs) But for the first time ever, the legal market has surpassed the illicit market in the terms of sales in the second quarter of 2020. And we all said 2020 was a weird year. (laughs) Well, there's no more proof that 2020 continues to be kind of a weird year, but this way in kind of a good sense. THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Cultivar Corner, Cultivar Corner, oh, yeah. Cultivar Corner, please explain this stuff to me. And we have a very tasty treat today on Cultivar Corner. I've been waiting to stop here. Uh, This is a company that is doing some really nice work, and bringing back or continuing the reputation of BC Bud. Mm. I have cracked open, oh, the jar, and might I say, a glass jar. So there's the first point. So this is a company called Simply Bear. Uh, Rubicon Organics is the pairing company of Simply Bear. Uh, They are a BC company. They operate out of the Lower Mainland. They have some greenhouses. Uh, they grow in living soil. We're going to cover a bunch of the stuff that makes Simply Bear really one of the premier bud companies, in my opinion, in BC. And we're going to give it a uh, sample as well. So, <laughs> the first place we're stopping is to open the jar. And this is Simply Bear Organics BC Organic Blue Dream. So, across a blueberry and haze. And the THC on this one is sitting at 16.23. No, no, let me change that. The THC on this is sitting at 18.5%, a marginal amount of CBD, less than one. And this brings up another fact or another data point that I'm seeing now being talked about more and more. And that is the percentage of terpenes that are occurring in any particular strain. For example, in BC Organic Blue Dream, there is more than 3% terpenes, and that's a relatively large value. We've talked about a couple of, I think the Black Market is one of the local companies here, and they are talking about 4.5% terpenes, something like that. But anyways, BC Organic Blue Dream is sitting at 0.2, no, sorry, greater than 3% terpenes, Hard to believe, but I actually haven't smoked any of this yet, so it may get worse as we carry on. But the cool part is we do know which terpenes are included in this. Myrcene, there's 1.37%. Caryophyllene or cariofining, whichever you prefer, is 0.72%. Osamine is 0.60%. And humulene is at 0.28%. So those are the terpenes which make up BC Organic Blue Dream. Oh, and it has a very... I'm surprised there's no limonene in here, but I guess perhaps some of it's coming from the osamine because it's almost a citrus. But I guess no, it's more the it's more the blueberry. Yeah, it's more the berry scent. Oh, that is sweet, and it does come in a really nice glass jar, which is also a bonus. Everybody's getting a little tired of the heavy, heavy plastics. This, of course, you could recycle for a number of different purposes. So that gets the setup, BC Urbanic, Organic Blue Tree. Let me tell you a little bit more about the grower, which is Simply Bear, because they're doing some really cool stuff and, and it's really interesting what they are doing. So for example, let's talk about their grow situation. So they're growing in an organic greenhouse. a 125,000 square foot greenhouse facility it's in BC. The cultivation space and production capacity is more than 11,000 kilograms per year, which is astounding to me. And here's some of the cool things that they are doing. They are, their greenhouse has been retrofitted for optimal certified organic cannabis production and minimal environmental impact. Sustainability goes hand in hand with organic production, so they have gone even further. They're the first cannabis company in Canada to achieve standards for an environmental farm plan, which means they are using solar powered, grown under the sun. They add LED lighting to reduce energy consumption. Net zero energy, all the electricity is generated through hydropower. Net zero waste, all their carbon dioxide generated used as a crop supplement. And water conservation, 100% rainwater collection and recycling. And the cool part is that their crops are grown in living soil. Each cultivar has its own specific soil requirements, and those are the living soil pieces that they are grown in. They're hang dried for 14 days, and that produces some tremendous terpenes and some tremendous room-filling aroma. Well, after all of that lead-up, I think it's time we had a taste. And I have to say, right off the bat, that I'm really impressed with the curing on this particular bud. I mean, we've all had the buds that we're getting these days and, and it has improved. Let, let me be serious. It has so much improved since the early days of legalization. But there's still the occasional bud that we're getting where they're just trying to put out so much product and they're trying to do you know, so much so fast that your nugs are getting pretty hard and you need, you know, whether it's too dry or they're just not pliable. But I have to say, as soon as I popped the top on this Simply Bare Blue Dream and picked up one of their beautiful buds and, and they just look gorgeous. Lots of wonderful colors in this baby. Take a look at it with my Junior's loop and there's hints of red and brown pistils in there. A Little bit of orange, perhaps. Oh, very, very sweet aroma. <laughs> but the point I was going to make before I was so cannabis distracted is I'm really happy with the dryness, with the the texture. I didn't need to use my grinder. And yet it wasn't crumbling. It was literally, I just squeezed a bud and pulled it apart and and it went down perfectly into my joint, perfectly into my vaporizer. And to do proper coverage, I have both ready to go. Let me turn the vaporizer on. And the joint is all ready to go. So, I'm really impressed with how they have cured it. Um, the dryness is, is almost absolutely optimum. So I did not need the grinder. It just crushed it in my hands, but it did not crush to dust. It just went into a smaller format so that I could roll it into this joint in front of me and then take a little bit more and stick it into my vaporizer. <laughs> and so here we go with the boundless, the CFX C- 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 boundless again, that's the vaporizer I'm using. And I'll take my first hit out of that and then we'll light the joint. Oh, and there's the reason why I use the vaporizer, that wonderful taste. So a little bit of the spicy, a little bit of the peppery from the caryophylline, a little bit that earthy, you know, that myrcene taste where you know there's myrcene in there. Hmm, quite like the taste of that. Does my palate good. Now let's light a joint and make sure that we got some proper burn and does it continue to burn? I've had that issue a lot with some weed that I've been purchasing of late, where it has not been keeping lit. Uh, not really a black ash, but whether or not they're, they're not drying it or whether they've included too much plant material, I don't know what the case is. But a few I've had of late, they have not maintained their burn so let's see what's happening with Blue Dream. Here I am again, my double-fisted toker. <laughs> I think I'm gonna I'm gonna brand that or something double-fisted. Double-fisted toking at the Cannabis Podcast. <laughs> I've got the joint in my left hand. Hmm. You just don't get as much taste out of the joint. You do get more hit. Oh. And then the vaporizer in my right hand. Oh, I love the taste of cannabis through a vaporizer. It's the first time you really, truly taste cannabis. If you've done all your smoking in a joint, you owe it to yourself to give a vaporizer a try. I know there's a lot of debate over whether it gives a big enough hit. Some people don't find it gives a big enough hit for them. They still want that bong-like or or that dab-like tremendous hit. And that debate will probably continue from now until the end of time. (laughs) But from a taste perspective, I do strongly suggest you give it a, a try. All right. And speaking of give it a try. So I've had a few hits off of the, who the joint. I've had a few hits off of the vaporizer. And here come my happy eyes, mm, which I love in a sativa or a Hybrid and leaning sativa, which is what Blue Dream is. By its very nature, it is truly a hybrid, but it is leaning to a sativa, definitely leaning to a sativa. Quite enjoyed this. So it is their version of the sativa-dominant Blue Dream. It's their organic certified. Exceptionally aromatic flower gives off blueberry aroma with a warm and peppery terpene profile, and that's kind of what I got out of the taste of that. Hand-harvested, cold-cured, these buds were carefully selected, trimmed, and placed in a recyclable glass jar sealed for freshness. And I do have to say as well, the trimming was very well done. Uh, not a lot of errant leaves still hanging around. Hmm. very, very impressed with this bud. Not only with how it looks, not only with how it tastes, but it's also giving me a pretty good buzz. <laughs> as I say, my happy eyes are there, which I haven't experienced for a little while. So it's nice to get a strain that gives me my happy eyes back. As mentioned, the THC in this particular one, maybe I didn't actually give that to you yet. Yes, I think I did. 18.5% THC. Gives me a nice buzz. Really a pretty flower. Nicely presented in their glass jar. Well cured, well manicured, well presented. And it smokes well. Uh, Just white ash off my joint. Okay, it did. It did go out. But that could be not necessarily the fault of the cannabis, but it could have been that I simply wasn't hauling on it enough, which happens sometimes too. So I'll give it a relight, have one more hit, settle back into my happy eyes, revel in the stone, and put the rest of this episode together. My end result? Definitely. You should give Simply Bear's Blue Dream a try. I think you'll like the high. I have to admit, I got a pretty big smile on my face when this story first crossed my desk this past week. It's about time. As you know, especially if you've been listening at all to this podcast, ever since we started, we've been talking about the fact that cannabis is legal in our country and that you can also grow four cannabis plants in your own backyard if you so desire or in your basement or wherever you want to grow them. Of course, there were exceptions to that rule. When it first came to be, it was illegal to grow your plants in Quebec and Manitoba. Quebec's law was challenged. And in fact, it was determined to be unconstitutional that they were limiting people's ability to grow cannabis in that province. Well, guess what Manitoba, it's your turn. <laughs> now I lived in Manitoba for a number of years. I quite enjoyed i quite enjoyed living there. We lived in Winnipeg. I thought it was a cool place to, to live, but I'm really glad I don't live there now. Based on how they are being about cannabis, where, you know, it's really difficult to find a place to imbibe in cannabis outside. And it is currently illegal to grow for marijuana plants. Well, this is a story from Global News. A Manitoba man has filed a constitutional challenge over the province's rules about growing pot at home. Jesse Lavoie filed the notice of application on Wednesday, naming the government of Manitoba, the Attorney General of Manitoba, and the Attorney General of Canada in his challenge. In the notice, Lavois claims the province had no right to ban the federal government's rule that allows four cannabis plants to be grown at home. Every province or territory that allowed a form of residential cultivation of cannabis has continued to do so since the Cannabis Act came into effect, reads the notice, adding that a similar ban in Quebec was struck down as unconstitutional one year later. Lavois said he filed the challenge because Manitobans deserve to be able to grow recreational cannabis for personal use like most of the rest of Canada. We are forced to buy at recreational cannabis stores upwards of $15 per gram, he said, noting that four plants grown at home could yield about 400 grams. The province's reasons for being cautious were understandable at first, said Lavoie, noting that hundreds of people growing plants at home could be a little scary. However, none of the predicted problems have surfaced across Canada, he said, adding that growing your own cannabis also means people can control the quality. Lavois said he suffered for years from PTSD due to a traumatic event at his job, and he used cannabis to help. Now that he's recovered, he said pot is his one indulgence. I just want to see this law changed, and I'm fine to see it through to the end. The Cannabis Act came into effect across Canada on October 17, 2018. The Act created a legal framework for controlling the production, distribution, sale, and possession of cannabis. Every province has the authority to say how cannabis is distributed. But Manitoba is now the only province in Canada with a complete ban on growing pot in a residential home. The province's progressive conservative government has traditionally been against the legalization of cannabis, citing a lack of research into the health effects of smoking pot, especially in teens. Justice Minister Cliff Cullen refused to comment. His office told Global News via email, as the case is now before the courts. In Manitoba, there are five major rules around pot. And these are five of the reasons why I'm glad that I don't live in Manitoba anymore. No offense to anybody still living there. I'm not trying to rile your skin up or anything, but here are the five reasons. You must be 19 years or older to buy cannabis. You cannot smoke or vape cannabis in public. That's reason number two. You can't grow cannabis at home. That's reason number three. You can carry a maximum of 30 grams of cannabis on you while in public. Well, that's pretty well the same as everywhere, so I don't find anything especially difficult about that one. And don't drive while high. Well, that's another conversation for another time and another place, and perhaps we will cover that on one specific episode of the Cannabis Podcast, but not today. In the city of Winnipeg, people are allowed to consume cannabis on their personal property. However, that applies to homeowners of single-family dwellings. Condos and rented residences, including apartment complexes, may or may not allow cannabis consumption. And that's another reason why it'd be a little difficult to be living in Manitoba right now and be a cannabis consumer. So good on you, Jesse. I hope your case succeeds. I hope you are successful in overturning Manitoba's law so that you cannot grow four cannabis plants in that province, because hey, it's right in the middle of the country and it should be as big a part of the country as any other province. Think of the pot you could grow in Manitoba if the government changes their mind. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. This is the Cannabis Podcast. And now let's do a little housekeeping in terms of who's been listening to the Cannabis Podcast. I am so pleased when you contact me. As you know, I always love to hear from you when you have decided to come along for the ride. And there's a couple of people who have done just that in the last little bit. Want to say hi to Jeff? Jeff is from Ontario. Is that where you're from, Jeff? Yes, you are. Southern Ontario, in fact. And Jeff is doing his first grow this summer. He has currently in the Garden Columbian Gold. Oh, nice, Jeff. Sounds delicious. And also some Purple Pug, Tom Ford, and Wedding Cake in some containers on his back deck. Sounds like four to me. Well done, Jeff. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Appreciate you stopping by and also appreciate you contacting me. Also, I want to send out a shout out to Steve. Steve's been a listener for a long time. We've chatted back and forth a few times, and he was especially thankful for last episode's look at the Redican vapes. A similar experience that Steve had when he did the, the vaping. So thanks for hanging in for the ride, Steve. And also Tracy's back for another visit. Tracy from Ontario contacted us a few, oh, probably a few months ago now talked about how she had to drive for hours and hours to get to a store in the area of Ontario where she was. Well, guess what? That is still the same. She still has to drive and drive, um, but she is enjoying, what's the strain she's enjoying? The Misiku strains, M-S-I-K-U. Is that how you would pronounce that? Misiku? Uh, Just came to Ontario from Nova Scotia. Yeah, we've tried uh, at the store. We've had Highland grow from Nova Scotia. They're doing some really nice work. Nova Scotia is growing some really nice bud these days. So just wanted to catch up on a few things that have occurred. Also, some shout outs to some people who had come by the store, said they have been listening to the podcast. So, hey, Greg, welcome along for the ride. And to Tatiana, no, Tatiana, that was the other name. Uh, so welcome. I'm glad you are listening. It's always a thrill to have somebody uh, paying attention and enjoying some of the information that we're putting out. <laughs> Let's finish up today with a subject that we all have some interest in. I mean, deep down, everybody has interest in sex, right? At some point? Well, that's kind of where this story is going. And once again, we thank our folks at OkanaganZ.com, David Wiley and his crew, for this little story about dope relationships. Because we know that cannabis can lead to a more fulfilling sex life, but now... Researchers have found that it also leads to more of those cute, sweet, and loving little moments between couples. And as a bit of a sidebar, it's, I guess, not too surprising how many people come into the store and, you no know, they kind of wait until everybody's away. We're in a quiet little area of the store and there's nobody else around. And they say, so, um, can cannabis help with, with libido or some other Proponent of that question? <laughs> well, a study in the Journal of Cannabis finds evidence that pot use among intimate partners has robust positive effects on intimacy between couples. To the best of our knowledge, no prior study has considered this research question, say the authors. We found evidence that marijuana use is associated with increased experiences of intimacy, love, caring, or support with one's intimate partner in the next two hours. Almost 200 couples who are frequent pot users took part in the 30-day study. It examined how pot affected their intimacy in the two-hour window after getting high. Researchers found a higher likelihood of an intimate experience for both men and women when both partners partake. It also found positive effects on intimacy among both men and women, even if cannabis is only used by one partner. Researchers noted that the participating couples were Frequent but not problematic cannabis users. Okay, hang on a sec. What's that uh, bit of a sidebar? What does that term frequent but not problematic mean? I want a further explanation of that one. (laughs) We may have to dive into that one ourselves. Back to the story. And they added that the study was limited in scope, tapping the young, primarily Caucasian and employed, all recruited through Facebook. So it's a fairly small sample size, as I'm interpreting that. The report by researchers at the university of buffalo and the university of houston was published in february of 2019 and the story finishes with alcohol use in contrast has long been linked with intimate partner violence in many countries so that's a good contrast to finish with there you go how is cannabis being used in your particular world in relation to your love life do you find that you and your partners have a better experience after consuming some cannabis or it doesn't matter if it's just one of you who has consumed the cannabis, does that still contribute to a satisfying relationship? It's very cool that all of this is being discussed and the cannabis is, is just out there and we're becoming more more accustomed to it. So although there's still stigma, I still had someone who, who expressed to me the other day, they didn't want to have anything to do with THC. If they touched it, they were sure that they were gonna turn into stone. There is still that stigma out there, but, but at least, more and more people are experiencing it and there will be more research, I'm sure, into how cannabis affects various aspects of our relationship. And that just about wraps it up for episode 53 of the Cannabis Podcast. As always, if you have any comments, you can send them along to info at com. You'll always find the links to the stories that we touched on at CannabisPodcast.com where you'll also find links to the last few episodes there as well. As always, if you have anybody who you think I should talk to, send me a note, let me know. Or if there's a particular uh, cultivar you would like to have featured on Cultivar Corner or anything else you'd like to comment on, send it to infoheadcannabispodcast.com. That wraps it up for episode 53 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the Cannabis Infused Studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.